sufficiently tired? <laughs> well, you better hold on. That was to say you, you need to tarry for one more hour. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, Mark's gospel chapter 6. The Bible says here, then he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished and saying, where did this man get these things and what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. What were they? Offended. Yeah, I thought they were just astonished. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 4, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went out about the villages in a circuit teaching. Just want to keep this thought in your mind as we uh, teach this morning. Amazement and contempt. Amazement and contempt because we're always what amazed and then we get mad because you did it be seated be seated be seated now let's pick the story up from last week if you recall last week I told you about the demoniac okay and what's the last thing we talked about the fact that Jesus uh, had a request from the demoniac and the request was that he allowed himself to go with uh, Jesus. And what he said was, uh, no, you need to stay here. And you need to stay here, uh, verse 19 of chapter 5. He said, you need to stay here so you can be a witness. Mm -hmm. Witness among people 
who know you best. Remember that? So today, Jesus is now going home. Among his own people who what? Know him best. <laughs> I tell you what, going home is a tough crowd. All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. But, but here's, what you, here's what you see. The Bible says that Jesus, when he got uh, to Nazareth, he was very careful not to do anything until it became the Sabbath. And then, then he decided to go in the synagogue, which was tradition and teach. So he did everything that a rabbi should do, except they didn't see him as a rabbi. Now, I want, you, I want you to look at a little background that's probably not in Scripture, but it is in history. When you look at Jesus, Jesus spent, stay with me now, Jesus spent 30 years in Nazareth. At some point in time, his father died. We don't know when. That's not recorded in history. But that means that when you see the list of brothers and sisters, that at some point in time, Jesus became the primary breadwinner. Y'all still with me? So here Jesus was. He was the man taking care of the family. Uh, we believe that he ran a, a carpentry shop. So everybody knew who he was. Even these folk who were in contempt. They knew who he was. So he shows up back home. Wait a minute now, because this is the good part. After 30 years of being with them, he was gone two years. Yes. Amen. How long was he gone? Two years. Two years. So he had only been away from them for two years. And he shows back up. <laughs> Now, most of you have family reunions, don't you? And most of you have them every other year, I think. Y'all don't, you don't need to see family every year. <laughs> and I ain't going no further than that. <laughs> but if you had to see them every year, you'll stop having family <laughs> So what we see is that he shows up on the Sabbath and he does what he normally does. The Bible says this. It says that their reaction to his preaching was amazement. They thought, wow, look at the things he's saying. Look at the things he's doing. This guy is sharp. And then, and then, what was it? and then, let me tell you something. Folks will love what you're doing. Appreciate what you're doing for them until they get a chance to talk to somebody else about it. So they got to thinking about that thing and talking among themselves. Wait a minute. 
this is Joe, I mean, uh, Jesus, the boy that used to run around here. Huh? The carpenter. The guy who works with his hands. He's just like one of us. Huh? And then they take a real good swipe at him. You know what they do. They start talking about his mama. Now, know the scripture. Come on now, say it with me. They say, ain't this Mary's boy? <laughs> now, when they talk about your mama and they leave your daddy out, they're trying to tell you that you ain't got no daddy. You get that later. So they were trying to say something about Jesus and Mary. Okay, wrong crowd. <laughs> So let me tell y'all, because I know y'all probably heard about stuff like this. What they're trying to say is that Mary might have been a little bit loose and Jesus was illegitimate. Y'all didn't get that over there? (laughs) So what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that Listen, because this lesson is about you. When I say you, each individual, no matter what you do for people, they will only remember it as long as you are doing it. You can spend 30 years ingratiating yourself to people and it only takes two years to forget everything you did in 30 even though they not only saw the miracles, but they heard the reports. Now notice something else, that when Jesus showed up, he showed up with his entourage. (laughs) Now this is not because he was some celebrity, but because this was a training mission. He brought all 12 disciples with him because he was getting ready to send them out, right? And he said, now, this is the way I would put it. He said to his disciples, y'all want to see something? (laughs) So so he shows up at home. And you know what they're saying, right? Look at Jesus putting on airs, bringing all these people like like he's somebody important. (laughs) That's what y'all would say, right? Remember that, this is about you. So so let's go on with the story. The Bible says this, that there are people who find it personally offensive if someone who was one of them yesterday should become more today. Folks don't like it when you leave and become a success and come back and try to flaunt it, even though that's not what Jesus was doing. Amen. So they now were looking at Jesus uh, with envy and jealousy. They were really upset. Now, here you have the son of God, the most powerful person on planet Earth in your midst. And the only thing you can figure out to do is be mad with him. 
Now, I take just a moment to tell you this. There's an old saying that you all are very familiar with. It's called law of human relationships. And it says that familiarity breeds contempt. Familiarity breeds contempt. The problem they had with Jesus is they were too close to Jesus. Now, you you, you ain't going to get that. Sometimes when you're too close to the mirror, you really can't see the flaws. And sometimes when you're too close to a situation, you you cannot evaluate it effectively. In the case of Jesus, they could not see the son of God, the savior. What they saw was Mary's boy. And the only thing they could think of in their minds that uh, this was one of us. He, huh? Nathaniel said it this way. He said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So what is he saying? They had, come on now, listen to this. They had contempt for themselves. Okay. I was born here in New Bern, two blocks down the street here. All right. Uh, I think out of this whole time I've been pastoring, 35 years come June, I might have had 1% of people from New Bern to be members of this church. Okay, let me try it. Huh? Maybe 1%. Because they don't want to hear what I have to say because they knew who I was. See, we have a problem with truth. We don't recognize truth unless it comes from somebody we like. And at this point in time, they ain't like Jesus much. So they could not receive truth from him. Yeah. I remember pastors here telling me I could never be saved because I was a policeman. They were just ugly to me. Now, (laughs) thank God. I had great parents who gave me great self-esteem. Y'all probably already noticed that. (laughs) I'm not bothered by what people say. And here's the thing. If you know who you are, you shouldn't be bothered. Listen to me. If people really know who you are, they will always gravitate toward the positive and not the negative. So when the Bible says that that, uh, he was not welcome in his own hometown, that's because they didn't like what he had become 
and what he had become was better than them. And he came from the same beginning they did. Now, listen, everybody has equal opportunity, not by the law. This, this ain't the government. <laughs> but according to your own God-given abilities, everybody has an opportunity to excel if you choose to do so. <clears throat> huh? Everybody can get an education. Some people have to work harder than others. Amen? But the problem is, some of us would rather talk about folk that are doing it rather than do it themselves. Remember, I'm talking about you now, so be careful. Bible says the basic problem with Jesus' home folk was, folk was envy and jealousy. They resented Jesus, uh, the fact that he had honor and esteem, and that he was uh, being honored by so many people. They resented his claims so much that they became stiff-necked, giving themselves over to unbelief. Now, 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 it's hard to refute a miracle. But if you don't like the person, you can. Now, I've said this on many occasions, you know, when I'm just talking to us, just just us chickens. Uh, (laughs) I will tell you that many times that if you've been saved more than six months, many times you've had the occasion to do favors for other Christians who love you while you're doing the favor. But then there comes a point where they don't need you anymore. And you become a problem to them. So the only way that they can reconcile, because you don't want to think that you're the one that's kind of a little different. You have to talk about them. If somebody does something nice for me, my first thought is I want to honor that person because they honored me. Not everybody feels that way. And when people are bothered by your kindness, then they take you down. And what they're saying was that that kindness was an anomaly and that that really ain't who you are. I have a drawer in my desk that I keep all of these promissory notes and bad checks and car titles and all the stuff that we've been involved in helping people that are no longer here because once they got what they wanted. Now, you know, a house is about the biggest thing you'll ever purchase in life. Really, seriously. And when you get somebody's house out of foreclosure, you would think, huh? Well, Sometime after my death, I'll let her just show you how many folk. (laughs) And don't let me get on the subject of preachers. 
But some of y'all know who y'all having church right here in New Bern right now. Bring me my money. <laughs> That's all I. <laughs> That's all I. <laughs> Probably somewhere talking about me right now. Bring me my money. <laughs> I'm having a Becky flag flashback. <laughs> well, Becky's not here. I can't talk about it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Becky was a Girl Scout selling cookies. <laughs> I bought some cookies, right? Becky came to collect. Little Becky walked up to me. You got my money? <laughs> Let me pay Becky. <laughs> oh, it happens. So let me get back to the story, please. <laughs> Here's what happened. We say familiarity breeds content. It's not the familiarity that creates the problem. It's the contempt, the contempt in people. People have uh, something in them that will cause them to dislike you for no apparent good reason. They'll tap into that. And the reason that Jesus was having difficulty with them is because it was impossible for him to connect with people who had no faith. Amen. Here's what the preacher's trying to tell you. That what I do is only 50% of the equation. The only, the only way I can be effective is if my 50% connects with your 50%. Faith gets its power from connection. And if we don't connect faith with faith, then faith is not manifested. Are y'all understanding this? So if I'm talking to you, you're not hearing me. You're talking about something that you heard about me you know, last year or something somebody said about uh, the church five years ago, whatever, your faith can't connect with mine. And because your faith is blocked, then there's no way I'm going to be able to perform any acts of God. See, too often what we do is we assume that the power for the miracle is, quote, in the word. It is. But it has to be released from the word. Faith always must have an object. 
No matter how much faith I talk, preach, sing, dance, whatever, if it doesn't connect with an object, Amen. it's not faith. Amen. I mean, it is faith, but you understand. It's not functional faith. How about that? And what you do when you sit there like a bump on a log, now, skip with your judgmental attitude. Come on, preacher. Make me shout. Make me dance. Make me sing. Make me cry. Say something. So your expectation is that I am going to be able to change your situation that you haven't put anything into. So what they did with Jesus is they said, hey, I know you did all these miracles. I heard about it. But we know who you are. You're just a common carpenter. And how folks see you determines how what they get from you. You can keep seeing uh, me as. Well, I would say, yeah, I can see mirrors, boy, because that's. that's <laughs> That would be right. And you know my daddy's name was Joseph, right? <laughs> that alone ought to make you believe me. <laughs> uh, who else could, could take claim for that? Faith requires the person who's believing to exert. You know, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago when Minister Hunter was here. He talked about the woman that touched Jesus. And he said, I felt something go out of me because faith connected. And it's the same thing when you when you come to church, you ought to come to church with an expectation. You have an expectation that something is going to happen. Whatever the something is, it may not be the biggest miracle in the world, but if I leave happier than I came in, then that's a miracle. And I should be excited about that. But if you're sitting here with your little long face, uh, thinking about, you know, looking across the aisle, thinking about somebody, looking at, looking at that dress, you know, whatever you're thinking, it does not release faith. So, look at the time. So we find that uh, in an atmosphere of expectancy, the poorest effort can actually catch fire. You can have that much faith when you come in. You know, if you come in with a pain or something, and you just come in and say, "Well, well I sure hope that God moves in this service because I can get rid of this pain." That's all you need. If you stay focused. Say what? You got to stay focused. And the Bible says this, is that uh, if you come in with an atmosphere of cold indifference, then even if Jesus walked through here, you, need, you get no change. You get no change. There's never any peacemaking 
in an atmosphere that's wrong. Because if you come together with hate, what you get is hate. You come together with love, what you get is love. Amen. Now, I'm telling you right now, the Bible is very clear that Jesus said this. He says, I could do no great miracles there. What does he mean he could do no? Because Jesus is the epitome of omnipotence. But his omnipotence is always restrained by his will. And because it's always restrained by his will, he cannot exhibit his power in a place that does not respond in faith. It didn't say that he did no miracles. Look at the last uh, uh, verse of that scripture. It said he couldn't do many except laying hands on a few people. So what does that mean? There were some people who believed. There were some people who wanted a healing. They wanted to be delivered. Amen. But Jesus also knows that uh, uh, if you have no faith, I can't release any faith. Hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you something else, because in church, folk are always thinking about everything except the power of God. What am I half a done? Oh, did I turn that pot off? <laughs> did I lock that door when I left? Yeah. Got all kind of stuff floating through your head. You can't get a miracle with that. Amen. Amen. And guess who you, you, you put the blame on for you not getting your miracle? Amen. Yeah. Because you want me to pass your unbelief. And bring you into faith. And as they used to say in the country, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> now, when we talk, let me go back to this. When we talk about uh, 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 that contempt thing. Ah, I love this. See, sometimes when you are familiar with a person physically, then you cannot receive from them, from them spiritually. Yeah. You remember, you remember Paul said this, he said, don't know anybody after the flesh. He says, if you continue to know people after the flesh, then you'll always act on flesh. Amen. Second Corinthians 5, 16, I believe it is. If you regard the person as just another person, then that person cannot minister healing to you or deliverance or anything else. Amen. Mm -hmm. So here's what Jesus said. Jesus said this. Let me find a verse. Uh, verse four. He said, a prophet. Now, at this point in time. Had he ever called himself a prophet? No. He said a prophet is not without honor in his own hometown amongst his own people. Now, if Jesus said that in my hearing, if he called himself a prophet and I'm looking at him, my whole agenda changes because I'm in the presence of a prophet. I'm in the presence of son of God and he identified himself as such. So anything I need 
Now, I'm, I'm very careful about you guys. I tell you all the time about, about telling you about calling people uh, out of their name. <laughs> Let me change that. Calling folks out of their gift. When you take a minister and reduce him to a first name basis, he's not a minister to you. And let me say this right now, because I hear, I hear you thinking. Well, Pastor, sometimes they don't act like that. You know, they act just like I'm acting. Blah, 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 blah. What they got to do with you? Now, can I ask you a question? If you go to the bank for a loan, you talk to the loan officer, and you find out that that loan officer in his off time gets drunk. Would you turn down the loan? No. <laughs> Y'all just laughing, but you ain't getting this. If Brother Roach is having a bad day, Oh, he ain't no minister. <laughs> Look at him. He's still a minister. The banker's still a what? You decide, see. And then you think you can switch back and forth. Hmm? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. I cannot honestly tell you I feel like a pastor every day. Amen. There's some days I feel like a serial killer. Because I'm pastoring. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Look at y'all. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Everybody doesn't feel the same way all the time, but the gifts and calling without repentance, you can't identify the person because now you're looking at the flesh and you're trying to make a judgment based on physical facts rather than what the Spirit of God says. It's the same way with uh, what I tell people about leaders in this ministry. Folks say, well, so-and-so ain't called me. (laughs) Because I'm thinking, if they called you, how would they call you? On, on your phone? They would call you on your phone? Do, do, does anybody here have a one-way phone? <laughs> so if they don't call you, I ain't heard from my dick. I ain't heard from you this week, bruh. So what am I saying to you? This is exactly what we're talking about when Jesus showed up. They didn't want to hear from him because they felt some kind of way about him. In reality, he had the power. They had to pull it out of him because they needed, not him. Amen. 
you need something. I wouldn't care what that banker did when he left his office. That's his business. If he signed that paper and give me that money, he can stay drunk the rest of his life. It ain't got nothing to do with that. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't want brother. But you understand what I'm saying? No, you got to be all judgy. Oh, I don't, I don't want no drunk to give me no money. You know how many drunks are giving you money? I got to turn the page, I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, I got to tell you this first. <laughs> so, so Jesus said a prophet is not without him in his own hometown. Now, this is why I, had to, I can't turn the page, I'll tell you this. A person does not need to be respected or honored to be useful to God. Amen. Let me read that one more time. A person does not need to be respected or honored to be useful to God. I can't determine whether you respect me or not. I really don't care. I'm not being, you know, a little callous here, but I'm telling you, what I care about is what God has called me to do. Fortunately for you, he called me to do you. So whatever I need to do for you, I'm going to do it. Whether you like me or not, whether you like how I do it or not, matters not to me. Amen. Because as long as I'm doing what I'm called to do, God honors me. You may miss out, but I'm going to be fine. And as I tell people all the time, the older I get, listen to me now, because some of y'all think you're still 15. The older I get, the more I realize I don't have as much time left here as I've had here, and I'm going to heaven with or without you. Just so we can be clapped. Amen. So, <laughs> so Jesus said this now in Matthew chapter uh, eight. Here's what <laughs> verse ten. He said when Jesus heard this, this Matthew eight chapter uh, Matthew eight verse ten says when Jesus heard it, he marvelled. He's talking about the centurion. He said, "Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith not in all of Israel. A Gentile had more faith." than the people of God. Huh? Say what? Then Matthew chapter 13, verse 58 says, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their what? Unbelief. So look at this. Gentiles can have faith in God and get a miracle and his own people can turn on him and miss a miracle. Hmm? So, he said, I was astounded at their lack of faith. But I'm also, uh, I, excuse me, I'm astounded at their great faith, but I'm also amazed at their unbelief. It is just unbelievable how much they don't believe. <laughs> That's a pun. <laughs> now, <laughs> we, see, we see people uh, in, in everyday life who just uh, 
move in the power of God. Uh, we see family, we see friends, we see spouses, all kinds of people just moving the power of God. And then some of us can rationalize or psychologicalize whatever that is, uh, and we call it luck or we call it chance or happenstance or I know, notice this, what I just said now, because I know y'all didn't pay any attention to that. try it again. You see it in somebody else's life. And you try to negate what's going on in their life because it's not going on in your life. Amen. Hmm? Amen. <laughs> so Jesus' personal witness uh, through his body is despised People, people in church get mad if somebody get healed and they didn't. Amen. Y'all don't know anything about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Such unbelief uh, ties Christ's hands. Mm -hmm. So the healing power ceases. Now, why would you want to restrict the power of God? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how faith cooperates. And I think that's the, the, the one thing. Matthew chapter 13, verse 58 says this. Uh, now, he died, I've just read it to you. Not many works because they're unbelief. And what he says is unbelief freezes the exercise of God's power. In other words, uh, your unbelief keeps Christ from moving in this body. Uh, a, a church this size should have uh, uh, people healed, delivered, and set free all the time. And we used to see great miracles. And people got, uh, okay, let me, I'm running out of time, so I can't talk about you. Thank God for that. Because <laughs> I'm getting ready to put one on you there. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, you know how, how, uh, uh, You know how when you was, I, I look at these, you know when y'all were young and in love, <laughs> you know, the marriage still had the new car smell on it. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about? Amen. And you believe that anything was possible? Huh? Then roll the dice about 25, 30 years. And I'm not going to say any more about it than that. Moving right along, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this. He said, <laughs> it says that, uh, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you can't please God because you have to have some things working for you. He says that if you come to him, that's the first thing you have to do what? You have to come. Don't expect anything from God while you're waiting, but you won't come. You know, have, have we... And I hate to say this because a lot of times you, 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 you're having an altar call and then here I am standing here as your pastor looking out saying, hmm, sure so I should have been up here. Amen. You know what I'm saying? You know that person needs some something. Amen. But now if you go out there and try to get them, they embarrass, you embarrass me, I ain't coming back. Well, they weren't going to get healed anyway because they're in the flesh. But let me move on. Uh, the Bible says you got to come. And then it says, 
<laughs> he who comes to God must believe that he is. You, if you don't believe that there's power to do what God has called me, you, or anybody else to do, then you're never going to get the benefit of that because you don't believe that God is who he says he is. And Jesus was having this difficulty because they didn't believe that he was who he said he was. They just saw him as an ordinary man. Now, I got to stop and tell you this, too. Isn't it interesting that people are so quick to believe your feelings, but they will not accept your successes? Huh? They'll remember your, 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 your worst day forever. Won't remember your best day tomorrow. He said that, and that he is a reward of those who do what? Diligently seek him. Not who, you know, think about him every now and then. Amen. That's what we talk about, the, the, the new car smell wearing off the marriage, because people don't talk to each other enough after they get married. They don't stay, you know, they don't tell them how much they love them, you know, on a, on a regular basis. That's what keeps it fresh, right? Huh? I want to be so worrisome. I want her to say, just stop. Just, just, just stop. <laughs> don't, don't try this at home now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Christ was amazed by faith as well as the lack of it. Now, let me, let me go and tell you this. Uh, the Nazarenes had a moral problem uh, not an intellectual problem. What does that mean by a moral problem? I got to tell you that, and I've got 24 seconds to tell you. Mm, I can't tell you in 24 seconds. Uh, <laughs> when the Bible talks about morals, that means that you have a standard that you set for your behavior. Let me. <laughs> morality is kind of. Uh, uh, it's not stable. <laughs> So we believe something is right or wrong based on our own standards. And because we set the standard, sometimes we judge in spite of evidence. See, when you say stuff like, I would never do that, you miss out on a whole lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I would never go there. Yeah. You might. You might. So what I'm saying is, if you set the standard for morality based on you, then most times you're going to miss it. Morality should be based on the standard of God. And then you will always be on target. You can't judge right or wrong by your feelings or your instinct. You can't look at natural evidence and judge right or wrong. You have to judge by the word. The Bible says you judge the word by the word. And when you judge by the word, you'll always set the right standard. And what happened is that uh, the Nazarenes had, had their own standard. Their standard, uh, we don't know what it was, but it certainly wasn't the son of God. So what they're saying is a success here is that you, 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 you own your own house, you, you have your own business, whatever. That's success. That's the standard. Jesus said, I'm the son of God. That raises up a little bit. 
So now you got to come up to this standard. They couldn't re- rise to the standard, so they hated him. You ever wonder when you hear people talk about what somebody else has? Oh, look at them. Got a new car. Got a new house. They, oh, they think they're something. What are they saying? I don't have that. That's all they're saying. I'm mad because they got it and I ain't got it and I don't see how I'm going to get it. So they despise you for having it. You mean you can just be successful and people won't like you? Duh. All right. I got to quit because everything on that board is turning red. And uh, so I'm just going to say, stand up on your feet. (laughs) All right. Here's the summation, okay? The reason Jesus took his 12 disciples with him on this trip is because he saw what was going to happen. The Bible says he was a prophet. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And the lesson was for his 12 disciples. Here's what he said to him. If you finish reading the story, he said, I'm going to send you guys out. And what you need to understand is that this is what you're going to find when you go out. Some people will receive you. Some won't. But you do what you're supposed to do because I'm sending you. So here's my word to you. Remember, this is about you. If Jesus has called you to do something, you do it because he told you to do it, not because of how people respond to what you do. Don't get excited if they love you and don't get upset if they hate you. You do what you do. Now, here's, 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 here's the last word on that message. The Bible says when Jesus got through talking, he got up and left. Y'all remember that? And when he left, the Bible says there's no evidence that he ever returned to Nazareth. Okay. <clears throat> because everybody, we teach it, people love it. And we talk about it all the time. He's a God of a what? Second chance. Maybe not. Maybe not. And the thing that we're missing is that even if he is the God of a second chance, he may not come your way again. You know, the old preacher used to say, You need to come while the blood is still running warm in your veins. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We take a lot of stuff for granted and we just assume a lot of things. We think even when we give an invitation for you to get saved, you think there's another opportunity. Well, I'm going to do it next Sunday. Next Sunday is not promised to you. When Jesus left Nazareth, he said, see ya. And I'm saying to you this morning, yeah, he's a God of second chance, but you might already use yours up. Yeah. 
So this morning, don't move. I know you're ready to run. <laughs> Stand right where you are. Grab somebody's hand. <laughs> Father, I thank you. I praise you right now. God, for that hand that I'm holding right now, I believe, God, that you've given me a word and you've given me uh, a power to witness to this person. God, not necessarily for salvation, but also for salvation, but that you've given me something that will change their life. God, I thank you for it. I thank you, God, that even now, I believe that I'm hearing from you and I believe that there's something that you have for me to do. So I'm opening my heart and I'm opening my mind and I'm ready to receive. God, don't let this be my last chance. And I thank you, God, for loving me and I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. And God, I thank you for being with me on this journey. Now, God, I thank you for releasing your Holy Spirit in my life so that I can become what you have called me to become. And I give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, family, thank you so much for making it to this portion of the service with us. Listen, we want to extend the opportunity right now to you for salvation. If you have not yet accepted Christ as your personal savior, we want to give you that opportunity now. It's as simple as ABC. First, admit that you're a sinner. Secondly, believe that Christ died for your sins. And thirdly, confess that he is Lord over your life. If this is you, if the Holy Spirit is nudging you, if you feel this tug on your heart, listen, all you have to do is pray a simple prayer. And it's a simple prayer. All you're going to have to do is repeat after me. You don't have to try to figure it out on your own. And we here, Dayspring Nation, we're going to pray with you because we want to make sure that you make it in. We want to partner with you in getting you into the kingdom. All right. So listen, we're going to pray this simple prayer. You ready? Join me. Say, Father, forgive me, a sinner. I have missed the mark and I've fallen short. But I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die just for me. Thank you that he gave his life just for me. Thank you that he rose with all power just for me. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. Wash over me. Come into my heart. Make me over, make me new, and I will forever serve you. So now, I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart, that when Jesus was raised from the dead, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, we are so excited because you made the single greatest decision that you could ever make in your life. Listen, this does not mean that everything is going to be perfect now because you prayed this prayer. But what it means that is you serve a perfect God. He, and he said he would never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to be with you through every situation. His grace is going to be sufficient to get you through this. Listen. We are excited. We are celebrating with the angels. The angels in heaven are throwing a block party in your 
honor because they're excited about another kingdom citizen coming home. Um, listen, if you pray that prayer with us today, do us a favor, text the word saved to the number here, 252-627-9900. Again, text the word saved to 252-627-9900. We don't wanna spam you, we don't wanna aggravate you, but we do wanna connect with you. We wanna have a point of contact to pray with you. We also wanna share a, a, a devotional with you that will help solidify your faith walk and help you be the best kingdom citizen possible. That's what we wanna do. So if you would, again, please text the word SAVE to 252-627-9900. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much for this decision that you have made to become a kingdom citizen. Hey guys, if you're in this area, and you want to come check us out, join us any Sunday, any Tuesday. We'd love to have you. And if you come and find that we're not your cup of tea, let us know. We'll help you find another church uh, here in the area that will suit you. And if you're not from this area and you're having a hard time finding a church, let us know. We'll do the research. We'll, we got some connections all over the country and we'll make sure that we help get you in a, a church where you feel like you're a part of a community, like you're part of a family. Why? Because it is necessary to have community. Uh, Jesus said it's not good for man to be alone. We always equate that to a husband and wife situation, but it's period. He wants community. The first thing he did when he, uh, when he was uh, launching his ministry, he formed community, the 12 disciples. He went and got somebody from all walks of life and all different kinds of personality and yoked up with them and linked up with them and he had community he had an opportunity to fellowship with others and that's what you need because this faith journey was not meant to be walked alone it was meant to be walked in community all right okay listen guys i gotta get out of here my time is wrapping up but again let us know we want to grow the kingdom not our local church, but the kingdom, okay? That is our vision. That is our goal, all right? Okay, we pray you got something out of this today. We pray that this message changed your life or touched you in some way. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you guys have an amazing week. And just in case your week is not so amazing, listen, make sure it has an amazing you in it. God bless you. We love you. And we can't wait to see you next time.